Hey everybody, welcome back to the page to screen edition of the Yakin County Public Library podcast, where each month we usually discuss a book that's been turned into a movie or TV series, as well as the reception of each. This month, I thought we'd take a different direction, and instead of discussing one book, we take a look at a few books that are coming or have already come to the big screen in 2023. As hard as it is to believe, we're almost a third of the way through the year, so we'll start with some books and adaptations that have already been released and just work our way through the year. The first book that we're going to discuss technically is a 2022 release. It made its debut two days before Christmas of last year, but I still think it deserves a mention. The Pale Blue Eye, written by Lewis Baird and published in 2006, is an ingenious tale of murder and revenge featuring a retired New York City detective and a young cadet named Edgar Allan Poe. Does that name sound familiar? I love these kind of alternate history tales, so when I saw Edgar Allan Poe was a main character, I knew I had to watch the movie. I've not read the book yet. Um, I just had seen the Netflix preview and thought, this is something I want to watch. The mystery begins at West Point Academy in 1830. The calm of an October evening is shattered by the discovery of a young cadet's body swinging from a rope just off the parade grounds. An apparent suicide is not unheard of in a harsh regimen like West Point's, but the next morning an even greater horror comes to light. Someone has stolen into the room where the body lay and removed the heart. At a loss for answers and desperate to avoid any negative publicity, the Academy calls on the services of a local civilian, Augustus Landor, a former police detective who acquired some renown during his years in New York City before retiring to the Hudson Highlands for his health. Now a widower and restless in his seclusion, Landor agrees to take on the case. As he questions the dead man's acquaintances, he finds an eager assistant in a moody, intriguing young cadet with a penchant for drink, two volumes of poetry to his name, and a murky past that changes from telling to telling. The cadet's name? Edgar Allan Poe. Impressed with Poe's astute powers of observation, Landor is convinced that the poet may prove useful, if he can stay sober long enough to put his keen reasoning skills to the task. Working in close contact, the two men, separated by years but alike in intelligence, develop a surprisingly deep rapport as their investigation takes them into a hidden world of secret societies, ritual sacrifices, and more bodies. Soon, however, the macabre murders and Landor's own buried secrets threaten to tear the two men and their newly formed friendship apart. A rich tapestry of fine prose and intricately detailed characters, the pale blue eye transports readers into a labyrinth of the unknown that will leave them guessing until the very end. At two hours and eight minutes, it's a bit of a long movie, but I enjoyed it. I'm on hold right now for the book so I can read it and compare the two. The film features an ensemble cast that includes Christian Bale, Harry Melling from Harry Potter, Gillian Anderson, Lucy Boynton, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Toby Jones, Harry Lottie, Simon McBurney, Timothy Spall, and Robert Duvall. The Pale Blue Eye was released in select cinemas on December 23, 2022, before its streaming released on January 6, 2023 by Netflix. The film was nominated for Outstanding Supporting Visual Effects in a Photo Reel Feature at the 21st Visual Effects Society Awards and currently holds a 63% score on the tomato meter and a 69% score on Rotten Tomatoes as an audience score. 
So I usually try to list um, read-alikes for the book that we're discussing, and so I thought that I would do the same for this episode. So some read-alikes for this book. I'm not going to go into why they're read-alikes. I'm just going to list them. Um, but some read-alikes include These Honored Dead by Jonathan Putnam, Murder as a Fine Art by David Morrell, The Vanished Bride by Bella Ellis, The Technologist by Matthew Pearl, A Stranger Here Below by Charles Fergus, a Girl Waits with Gun by Amy Stewart. Nevermore by Harold Schechter. The Sherlockian Moore. I'm sorry, The Sherlockian by Graham Moore. And The Fifth Heart by Dan Simmons. And all these are listed on Novelist Plus as read-alikes for The Pale Blue Eye. Now, we don't own The Pale Blue Eye, but we can put it on hold for you through NC Cardinal if it's something that you think you want to read. So, moving on to the next page-to-screen adaptation for 2023. This author has been everywhere you look lately, and one of her books has been highly requested for the past year or maybe even more, but all of her books seem to be in very high demand right now. We can't keep them on the shelves here at uh, the Yakin Library. The first book that we're going to discuss by Taylor Jenkins Reid is Daisy Jones and the Six. This book has been a number one national bestseller with over one million copies sold. On Fantastic Fiction, they've described it as a gripping novel about the whirlwind rise of an iconic 1970s rock group and their beautiful lead singer, revealing the mystery behind their infamous breakup from the author of The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and Malibu Rising. Ellen Hildebrand, who is another author, she described this book as an explosive, dynamite, down-and-dirty look at a fictional rock band told in an interview style that gives it irresistible surface energy. Daisy Jones and the Six has been named one of the best books of the year by NPR, The Washington Post, Esquire, Glamour, Real Simple, Good Housekeeping, Marie Claire, Parade, Paste, Shelf Awareness, and Book Riot. The book was also um, on Reese's Book Club pick and is now an original streaming series, also executive produced by Reese Witherspoon, and it's available to watch on Amazon Prime. So everyone knows Daisy Jones and the Six, but nobody knows the reason behind their split at the absolute height of their popularity until now. Daisy is a girl coming of age in L.A. in the late 60s, sneaking into clubs on the Sunset Strip, hanging out with rock stars, and dreaming of singing at the Whiskey A Go-Go. By the time she's 20, her voice is getting noticed, and she is the kind of heedless beauty that makes people do crazy things. Also getting noticed is the Six, a band left led by the brooding Billy Dunn. On the eve of their first tour, his girlfriend Camilla finds out she's pregnant, and with the pressure of impending fatherhood and fame, Billy goes a little wild on the road. Daisy and Billy cross paths when a producer realizes that the key to supercharged success is to put the two together. What happens next will become the stuff of legend. There are 10 episodes in the Prime Video exclusive series, with the first three released on March 3rd. And then after that, a new episode was released each subsequent week after on uh, Friday, I believe. So the series has finished up. It finished up on March 24th, 2023. And it currently has a 69% tomato meter rating and an 81% audio, I'm sorry, audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I watched the first three episodes with my husband. We really liked it. I've not got to watch any more of it just because it's been pretty busy. But from what I watched, I did enjoy it. It kind of reminds me of... Um, Fleetwood Mac and that whole, you know, story um, from the 70s and 80s. This show also has an all-star cast, including Riley Keough as Daisy Jones. You may know her as Elvis Presley's granddaughter. And one interesting thing that I um, had read about about the show is that the 
the actors and actresses did a lot of the actual singing uh, for the show, and I thought that was pretty cool. Sam Claflin is Billy Dunn, the lead singer and songwriter. Sam Claflin is one of my absolute favorite actors of all time. He is wonderful in anything he's in. I've seen him in uh, The Hunger Games trilogy. You might remember him as Finnick O'Dare. He was absolutely amazing in that role. Could not imagine anybody else's Finnick. Um, and then he's also been in several other movies that I've seen. He's just, he's wonderful in everything he's been in. And this show is no exception. He, from what I have seen, um, plays that lead character really well. Camilla Marone is Camilla Alvarez, Billy's wife and the band's photographer. Suki Waterhouse is Karen Serco, the keyboardist of Daisy Jones and the Six. Will Harrison plays Graham Dunn, the lead guitarist and also Billy's brother. Josh Whitehouse plays Eddie Roundtree, the bassist. Sebastian Chacon plays Warren Rojas, the drummer. Nabia B. as Simone Jackson, Daisy's former roommate and future disco singer. Tom Wright plays Teddy Price, the producer. And Timothy Oliphant as Rod Reyes, the tour manager. The making of that legend is chronicled in this riveting and unforgettable novel written as an oral history of one of the biggest bands of the 70s. Taylor Jenkins Reid is a talented writer who takes her work to a new level with Daisy Jones and the Six, brilliantly capturing a place in time and an utterly distinctive voice. Within hours of release, Daisy Jones and the Six hit number one on Amazon Prime Video's top 10 list in the U.S., According to Parrot Analytics data, the series had an impressive 49% increase in demand and became the fourth most streamed TV series across all U.S. platforms. So some read-alikes for Daisy Jones and the Six include Modern Lovers by Emma Straub, Summer Fun by Jan Thornton, City on Fire by Garth Risk Hallberg, The Unraveling of Cassidy Holmes by Alyssa R. Sloan, The Wishbones by Tom Perota. Songs in Ursa Major by Emma Brody, The Animators by Kayla Ray Whitaker, A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan, and Utopia Avenue by David Mitchell, or David Stephen. We don't have a copy of Daisy Jones and the Six here at the Yakin Library, but we can put you on hold for one through NC Cardinal. It may take it a little bit to get here just because that her books, all of her books have been in such high demand. There's a wait list for them, but we can definitely place you on hold. So the next book we'll discuss is another Taylor Jenkins Reid novel, One True Loves, published in 2016. I had not really heard about this book until just recently. So it's been out for a little while, but it has just come back, I think, to popularity due to the film adaptation. So this book was named a Best Book of Summer by Cosmopolitan, In Style, Red Book, U.S. Weekly, and Pop Sugar, BuzzFeed, Bustle, Britain Company, and Parade. One True Loves is a breathtakingly love story about a woman unexpectedly forced to choose between the husband she's long thought dead and the fiancé who has finally brought her back to life. In her 20s, Emma Blair marries her high school sweetheart, Jessie. They build a life for themselves, far away from the expectations of their parents and the people of their hometown in Massachusetts. They travel the world together, living life to the fullest and seizing every opportunity for adventure. On their first wedding anniversary, Jesse is on a helicopter over the Pacific when it goes missing. Just like that, Jesse is gone forever. Emma quits her job and moves home in an effort to put her life back together. Years later, now in her 30s, Emma runs into an old friend, Sam, and finds herself falling in love again. 
When Emma and Sam get engaged, it feels like Emma's second chance at happiness. That is, until Jesse is found. He's alive and he's been trying all these years to come home to her. With a husband and a fiancé, Emma now has to figure out who she is and what she wants while trying to protect the one she loves. Who is her one true love? What does it mean to love truly? Emma knows she has to listen to her heart. She's just not sure what it's saying. One True Loves was released on April 7, 2023, so it's just hit theaters. The cast includes Philippa Sue as Emma, and you may recognize her from Hamilton. She plays Eliza Hamilton. Very well, I might add. <laughs> Simu Liu as Sam. Luke Bracey as Jesse. Tom Everett Scott. Michaela Conlon. Lauren Tom. And Michael O'Keefe are all other supporting cast members. One True Loves only has a 28% tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes with a much higher score of 69% um, audience score. So I'm not sure if the low rating is due to how recently the movie came out. I haven't seen it myself, so I can't give an opinion there. I've not seen it and I've not read the book, <laughs> mostly because I'm still kind of um, scarred from Pearl Harbor from the early, I think, 2000s when that movie came out. Um, and she has to choose between the two friends. I, anyways, I'm still not over that. So I have not been able to bring myself to read this yet. So I'm not read it. I've not watched the movie. I couldn't give an opinion on it as to why the rating is so low. Because it does look like it would be a good movie. So we do have a copy of um, One True Love available for checkout. I'm sorry, One True Loves available for checkout at Yakin County Public Library. So if it's something you're interested in, please let us know. And we'd be happy to place a hold for you. I think it's checked out right now, but we could place, place you on hold. Some read-alikes for One True Love include, One True Loves include, In Five Years by Rebecca Searle, Ghosted by Rosie Walsh, You Were There Too by Colleen Oakley, Summer of Two Wishes by Julia London, Daughters of the Bride by Susan Mallory, A Family Affair by Robin Carr, Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren, the Longest Ride by Nicholas Sparks, and Surfside, Surfside Sisters by Nancy Thayer. So, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is another adaptation that is coming. She, um, Taylor Jenkins Reid, who wrote One True Loves and Daisy Jones on the Six, also, as I mentioned before, wrote Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Netflix is supposed to pick that up as an original period drama, but they released that news, and then that's kind of all we've heard from it. So, it's kind of shelf that's on the table right now. I don't really know when it'll be released um, or any other information other than it is going to be adapted. So I'll be curious to see when it comes out and who they have in the main characters as the cast. So the last book that we're going to discuss today is one I hadn't heard about or seen until I was perusing the shelves at Barnes & Noble one weekend and I picked it up to check it out because it was on their page to screen display. So The Cabin at the End of the World is a horror novel by Paul Tremblay, and it was published in 2018. It just recently made its debut to the big screen on February 3rd, 2023, as a movie called Knock at the Cabin. Seven-year-old Wynne and her parents, Eric and Andrew, are vacationing at a remote cabin on a quiet New Hampshire lake. Their closest neighbors are more than two miles in either direction along a rutted dirt road. One afternoon, as Wynne catches grasshoppers in the front yard, a stranger unexpectedly appears in the driveway. Leonard is the largest man Wynne has ever seen, but he's young, friendly, and he wins her over almost instantly. Leonard and Wynne talk and play until Leonard abruptly apologizes and tells Wynne, none of what's going to happen is your fault. 
Three more strangers then arrive at the cabin carrying unidentifiable menacing objects. As Wynne sprints inside to warn her parents, Leonard calls out, Your dads won't let us in, Wynne, but they have to. We need your help to save the world. Thus begins an unbearably tense, gripping tale of paranoia, sacrifice, apocalypse, and survival that escalates to a shattering conclusion, one in which the fate of a loving family and quite possibly all of humanity are entwined. The Cabin at the End of the World is a masterpiece of terror and suspense from the fantastically fertile imagination of Paul Tremblay. The Cabin at the End of the World received rave reviews according to the book review aggregator Bookmarks, based on 11 independent reviews. Author Stephen King wrote that the novel was thought-provoking and terrifying. Andrew Liptak of The Verge wrote, Good horror stories look at the world around us to draw inspiration as to what could go wrong. And with this book, Tremblay has penned a story that's not only a nightmare as it plays out on the page, but one that's grimly reflective of the times that we live in. The novel won the Horror Writers Association's Bram Stoker Award for Novel in 2019. It was then adapted into the 2023 film Knock at the Cabin by director M. Night Shyamalan with an all-star cast featuring Dave Bautista, Rupert Grant, you might know him as Ron from Harry Potter, Nikki Amuka Bird, Ben Aldridge, Jonathan Groff, he was also, he's been in a lot of things, <laughs> Hamilton as the king, he was um, in Frozen as Kristoff, like he's been in so many things, Mindhunter. So I, I'm, I do want to watch this movie um, just for the cast alone, but I'm sure it's good. And then Abby Quinn. As of March 15, 2023, Knock of the Cabin has grossed $35.4 million in the United States and Canada and $18.7 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $54.1 million. In the United States and Canada, the film was released alongside 80 for Brady and was projected to gross 15 to $17 million from 3,643 theaters in its opening weekend. The film made $5.4 million on its first day, including $1.5 million from Thursday night previews. It went on to debut to $14.2 million, displacing Avatar The Way of Water from atop the box office. The film made $5.5 million in its second weekend, a drop of 61%, finishing in sixth and $3.9 million in its third weekend. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 67% based on 319 reviews with an average rating of 6.3 out of 10 and an audience score of 63%. So I have not read the book or watched the movie, um, but it's something that is in my to-be-read pile. So because I do like reading a lot of um, like science, science fiction, fantasy, and horror, um, I think it's something I would enjoy. And like dystopian, apocalyptic, I like those kind of things too. And it kind of sounds like this book has um, kind of all those different concepts. If you enjoy the horror genre, these books were also listed as relikes for this book. Leave the World Behind by Ruman Al Alum. The Dark Game by Jonathan Jans, The Need by Helen Phillips, Sundial by Katrina Ward, Bedfellow by Jeremy C. Shipp, The Road by Cormac McCarthy, I Am Behind You by John, I'm not sure if I'm going to say this name right, but John Abed Lindquist, Anybody Home by Michael Seedlinger, and The Last House on Needless Street by Katrina Ward. So that's all I have for you today. There were so many that I didn't get to, 
So May's installment of Pastry Screen is going to be a part two for upcoming adaptations for the rest of the year. So feel free to follow us on social media and let us know in the comments if you've read a book lately that really stuck with you. Whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, we'd be happy to see you there. And if you haven't already, hit that follow button so you can follow this weekly podcast. Each week, Yakin County Public Library staff will be bringing you more topics, so be sure to check in every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you all next month for the next installment of Page to Screen. Happy Wednesday, everyone.